0: Coming up on the Smitty & Mitty Show this week, we're joined by Tony Ambrosio to talk all about the Toronto Blue Jays and their season so far, plus the Maple Leafs, Kyle Dubas, and more here on the Smitty & Mitty Show. And now... Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? Start your 90% of
1: the time, I have no idea what I'm talking about. Don't
2: worry, nobody's listening anyway.
3: The
1: show that's got everyone saying... You're so dumb. For real with smitty what you just said is one of the most idiotic things i have ever heard everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it and midi i've been in this business 15 years what's your name F- you that's my name
4: this is the smitty mini show
0: The Smitty and Mitty Show back here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Mitty Show podcast. Noah Smith and back with me this week, Mr. Tyler Middleton back here on the show. It's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks at least since I've had you on. And he is back for the duration of the show, 50 plus minutes of Tyler Middleton.
3: Wasn't I on last week? pretty sure I was on last week, no?
0: No, but I don't think you've been on for the whole show. No, I don't think I was on for the whole... I didn't do the interview last week. Didn't, I think I was here, wasn't I? You might have been. You might have been. But I don't think... I'm I'm um, positive that it's been, like, probably four or five weeks since you've done a whole radio show. Oh, for sure. Well, it's been... Today marks the fourth...
3: Today's four weeks, as we record, that Kara's been in the hospital. So, so there it's it. been at least four weeks since I sat for a whole episode.
0: And you're going to do it, uh, you're going to at least try to do it this week for us here on the Smitty and MIDI show. Uh big thank you to our sponsors. First, before we get started, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in Kincardia. Life is brighter under the sun, making this show possible every single week, and a jam-packed show coming up. Lots of Toronto sports content coming your way. Why do you have the uh, the light on right now? Looks kind of weird to me in the camera. Oh, I don't have any lights on, actually. That's just how these, uh, uh, Sony, for anyone who's knowing we're we're on zoom right now, my main camera you don't have dead. the spots on right now. No, my main camera is dead. I'm on the backup camera and it looks like there's two spotlights shining down on me. That's just how the camera is. It's a whole lot. That of is a up. terrible, terrible camera. It's a whole lot of messed up. You see that shampoo bottle to your right. That's been
3: there since the very first day we stepped into the studio.
0: It has been. I think you brought it. You were, uh, I think you were reffing in town or something no you told me you told me like you wanted all the hockey
3: pucks because we got all the hockey pucks up in the corner there so you said bring all your hockey pucks from your ref bag so i brought it in and that just had that was in my ref bag because i was showering i was smelling like like flowery goodness after reffing and yeah and it was just it stayed there the bag still there the pucks are there
0: herbal essences body envy shampoo this thing is like a solid two-thirds full
3: yeah, like, there's still well, a lot I'm, of
0: good, usable shampoo left in here.
3: Because I got yelled at quite a bit for using herbal essence shampoo. Like, there's pretty much there's what like two options to use in a dressing room, and it's like Axe or Old Spice. Those are like the
0: only two options really to use. For really? I think, think I use room. I think I use Dove for men. Maybe Dove. Dove's a good one too. Dove's a nice. It's a clean, like minty smell. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I I do enjoy nice. I, I would say the hierarchy you're looking at Dove that's just a
3: good one and then old spice and then axe maybe maybe if you're a teenager axe is good but yeah. old axe
0: chocolate remember the axe chocolate i feel like as soon as you get over like 25 maybe as old as 30 i'll give it to you anything old? if you're if you're still using axe over 30 i just wonder i wonder time, <laughs> time, to, time to move on to dove with well, this is the
3: hard-hitting stuff that people want like to whatever
0: right. your wife's using right
3: that's true my wife has this shampoo for her blonde hair It's like purple. It's awesome. And I use it all the time. Although I hear it's like $200 a bottle. So
0: (laughs) Don't use that. You know how expensive that stuff is.
3: Yeah, I know. That's what I was told. It's like $200 a bottle. Apparently it ruins her blonde hair, which she pays a bunch for anyways.
0: Well, uh, lesson learned, right? Stick to your own shampoo. But it smells so good. It makes my hair feel like it's never felt before. Right? Women are like, what's your secret? I was like, I just use whatever shampoo is in there. Yeah, <laughs> but there is no method to this madness. You're, yeah. you're saying you can't wash your hair back to back days. If I shower three times a day, I'm putting shampoo in my hair three times a day.
3: Yeah, I, I carry used to run her hand through my hair all the time. Be like, how's your hair so stopped? I was like, I don't know. I Wash it. I don't know. <laughs> so I didn't learn about conditioning until I lived with a girl. So.
0: Well, there you go. Anyways, there's the hard hitting <laughs> content of the day here on the Smitty and Mitty show our top shampoo tips and tricks. Coming up now, we've got some sports. Tony Ambrosio, he's going to join us in the second segment of this show. We'll dive into uh, everything going on with the Toronto Blue Jays, how the season's gone so far, what we can expect moving forward, and then a little bit later on in the show, we'll continue on with the Blue Jays talk. But first, let's talk about one of those other Toronto major sports teams, the Toronto Maple Leafs, because Mr. Middleton, I have not had the chance to sit down with you yet and talk about everything that has gone on in the last couple of weeks with your Toronto Maple Leafs. Well, they finally they found a GM, so that's cool. Uh, Brad
3: Tree Living's coming over from uh, from Calgary, and he's going to be the new the GM. And like, I mean, it's fine. He said all the all the right things, it, you know, that I, I got to protect this core, core that everyone talks about, but it's really about the team, and I'm not going to come in and make. A whole bunch of changes or or something along those lines like he said all the right things but at some point I think you do have to come in and make some kind of changes and I think he's the right guy to do it I, I just it's more the Dubas thing that that is so confusing to me do you think it's a coincidence that Dubas signs to be the, the president of hockey operations with the Pittsburgh Pen- Penguins about 20
0: minutes before the Leafs introduced their new general manager oh that's all about timing that is bang on all about timing. I just, I find it funny too, because uh, I think a week ago, maybe a little bit more than a week ago, you heard Dubis saying, oh, you won't see me going anywhere anytime soon. It took him all of a week. Right? Man, well,
3: I, come on. Do you not think that he already had that job lined up? Like there's a reason that they kind of have, were ta- like the, them being Dubis and the Leafs were talking about a contract, had kind of a, a, a number in mind. And all of a sudden he came back and asked for a, a whole bunch more money. You don't think that's because Pittsburgh already had kind of extended that money, and he knew that he was going to get that money somewhere
0: else if if it wasn't
3: in land? Well, exactly. I mean, obviously,
0: exactly. And, and he was able to, uh and albeit I think, moved to a different role. I think he is was looking to kind of find a different role as well, right? Something that's just a little bit different than being the GM. Um, but like, to be honest with you, like president of hockey operations, GM, like potato. Well, would, you, here.
3: would you? The honest honest question is would you would you even consider Kyle Dubas for your GM spot? Like what has he really done? What has he done that would make him a top GM candidate in the league?
0: Really? Well, and so I heard that actually I saw a lot of that going around because the Ottawa Senators obviously are expecting to sell I don't know, days, weeks. Could still be months from now, who knows? But Kyle Dubas' name was thrown around. If he's still available. When the Senators sell, and when they sell, they might be looking for a new GM. If not, they might be looking for someone like a President of Hockey Operations to to fill in. There's lots of roles in the Senators' front office. I didn't see why people were so excited. Do I think it's the worst move ever? No. Obviously, he knows what he's doing. He can put together a roster. Uh, he did some good things for the Leafs. But at the same time, did he really ever succeed anything? Right? Did he really ever get anything done? He only just now managed to help the least get a playoff win and is all that on his shoulders maybe not but i just didn't see what all the hype was about he did a really good job at some trade deadlines especially like
3: this year getting ryan o'reilly and, and getting a whole bunch of players that you know fit just under that cap but the problem is he was the one that made that cap problem for himself in the first place the whole i we can and we will assign all these players and they did and in, in, including Tavares, and now here they are in a clap crunch and he left them just the way he got there really with no money to spend. Like, like what, what's, what's Bragg going to do coming in here to really change up this team? Like the only thing he can do is move out one of those big contracts that Dubas kind of moronically left him with.
0: Yeah. And when you move one of those big contracts, uh, you're probably not going to win the trade. Right. At least from the outside looking in, right? You're gonna to have to find someone who's willing to take on the contract. Maybe you hold on to a part of it. Who knows? But you're not it's not gonna be a one for one trade with some of those contracts, and you're gonna to have to move one of them, you would think. So I don't know. It's gonna be it'll be interesting to see. And listen, by the time this this show goes out, I wouldn't be surprised if there's already a move being talked about, maybe not made yet. But we that have would to
3: be such a leave or such a smitty mini show thing to happen. Like last week we talked about uh was it last week? Well, two, no, I guess two weeks ago two weeks we talked ago, about yeah
0: yeah I had Kyle Cushman on the show. And he's like, Yeah, don't be surprised if one of the uh one one domino falls, right? Two days later, Dubis was fired. Right. So here we are. Put it into the if, air, it'll happen. If you had the opportunity for the Leafs, because C- Connor
3: Hellebuck's name has been thrown out there quite often as a trade piece. Would you trade one of your big four? It's probably it's not going to be Matthews, but would you trade you know Marner or Nylander in
0: a piece to get Hellebuck back as your goaltender? I don't know if I would, and and the reason why is to be honest with you, I like Mitch Marner. If I'm the Leafs, I think he's one of those guys that you would rather keep out of the big guys. Maybe a Nylander I could see moving if you could if you could come up with a deal where Nylander's a piece and you get Hellebuck back. Because I think the, the Maple Leafs have proved proven time and time again, that seems to be where the issue is.
3: Well, they definitely need a goaltender. It's just a matter of if would Nylander do it. Nylander making 11.5 hellebuck here with a cap hit of 6.6. Six. Obviously it frees up a whole lot of room for you to make some moves. Like, you would have to probably send something else with Nylander. I mean, it's obviously we're just, like, backseat. GMs here just looking at what could happen. But I do think that you need to move one of those core four. I mean, I've said it time and time again, and it's not nobody's going to take the Barres and nobody's and everyone would take Matthews, but you're not going to give them up. And I do think Marner's too useful to this team, although he does tend to disappear in the playoffs. So what are you really trying to do? You're trying to win a cup. You need a goaltender. You have to go out and get a goaltender. My number one, the first thing I would do as a G, Leafs GM is try to get a solid goaltender in here in a trade for one of those four players, and it's probably going to end up being me an later.
0: Leafs need to not need to find a way to win in the playoffs. That is the bottom line. And if it's goaltender that takes it, then that's what it is. Uh, we're going to have to hit break here. More sports content coming up on the other side. We'll dive into some Toronto Blue Jays baseball with Mister Tony Ambrosio here on the Smitty and Mitty Show across the TSMs Radio Network.
4: The curling season is just about over, but it's a great time to get ready for next year with the Goldline end of season sale. Jackets, vests, shoes, and brooms. Check out all the deals at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions.
2: Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission.
3: Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in
0: Kincartan and Port Elgin. You're listening to The Smitty and Midi Show. Welcome back to The Smitty and Midi Show here on Rogers TV and the TSMS Radio Network. Joining us this week, good friend of the show, been here all the way since episode four and loves to come back whenever he gets the chance, Mr. Tony Ambrosio. Tony, welcome back. Good to see you again.
1: Great to be back. Always love coming on with you guys.
3: Yeah, everyone says that. Nobody means it, but we appreciate the gesture.
1: (laughs) No, I I do mean it. I'd rather talk to you two than that bozo Fred Wallace.
3: Oh, sorry. I said the quiet
1: part out loud. I like well, Fred. I, I'm
3: sorry. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't know we were just comparing ourselves to Fred because, like, well, then <laughs> that's an easy list to make. Uh Big so, time. Yeah. So I haven't got the chance to to be on in a couple of weeks and talk about one of my favorite subjects. That's the Toronto Blue Jays. So I think that's what we're going to talk a whole <laughs> lot about here um, because they are working through. Uh, I think they're about a third of the way through the season so far, and it's been quite an interesting season thus far. I mean, let's just get your takes early on how the Toronto Blue Jays have been been uh, performing.
1: I would use the word unfulfilling, underperforming, unfulfilling, unsatisfying. And this is for a team that would be first in the NL Central and first in maybe the American League Central, too, or certainly up there. Um, And I would equate it to give you the easy answer, guys, four words, Alec, Manoa, Vladimir Guerrero. Their underperformance, and I know there's a lot of others involved, obviously, but those four names stick to me when I think about the Blue Jays under satisfying, underwhelming first 50 some odd games. it has been disappointing. And that's also exasperated too, guys by the success of not only Tampa Bay, but Baltimore. I mean, the Baltimore Orioles were a hundred lo- losing squad what, three straight years. And now in the last couple of years, here they are like, it's got to be very frustrating for any Blue Jays fan to see what's going on in the American League East.
0: Well, I think that's one of the biggest things that we're seeing this year so far for Toronto. Um, if you actually if you compare the stats through the first I I know. 55 games last year to this year, the Blue Jays really aren't too far off from where they were. It's actually pretty comparable stats wise. But it just speaks to how much better the AL East is this year. Uh, as you touched on some of the teams, much improved than they were a year ago. Um, and it also touches on how much, you know, a simple player even can make a difference. Uh, you touched on Alex Manoa, who who started off last year and entirely through last year, had a, a Cy Young season. And this year, that, there's your five six game difference right there is Alec Manoa starts. Um, something is about. That can change the course of the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I was about to say, how many starts has he had? Nine or ten? If he gave you six quality starts like he would do last year, maybe there's four, five, or six more wins the Blue Jays have. And as you say, they're in much better shape. If I am a member of any other team in the American League East, I am loving the struggles of Alec Manoa. And I say that because, quite frankly, last year, He came across as a cocky, arrogant, I've been in the big leagues for 20 years type of, I've earned this reputation as a great player type of player. And yet he was really just in his first, second year. So, and I know his attitude rubs a lot of people the wrong way. And I think they're taking some satisfaction across Major League Baseball, watching Alec Manoa struggle. And it's really really impacted the Blue Jays and everything they've done. His struggles have had a huge impact on the Blue Jays. I can't help to think
3: though that, that that fire that seems to be gone, like he seems to be deflated on the mound almost always. Where you won't, you need that fire, you need he needs to yeah. find a way to bring that intensity back. Because without that, that that was what you like 92 is not going to blow somebody away, but it's when it's 92 with anger, 92 and the other hitter is kind of feeling scared because there's a six foot six. 270 pound man staring down at him like I think that is part of what made Alec Manoa Alec Manoa is that he had a presence on the mound and
1: that presence seemed to be a bit sheepish right now yeah and he doesn't have much of a presence at all right now as, as you say um I think the biggest issue there's two big issues in my mind and again I'm not an expert I wonder about his conditioning and two his slider his slider has disappeared on him It doesn't quite give the hitters the same fits it gave them last year. And as a result, he he doesn't trust himself to throw it. Or when he does throw it, the opposition is like this, rubbing their hands in excitement because they know they can hit it, whereas last year they couldn't hit it. So I think he's out of shape, and I think his lack of of movement and effectiveness on a slider have hampered him big time this year. And I'll be honest with you, Tyler, I don't know if he's going to get it back. I don't know if he's got it in him this year to get it back because you've got to figure the Jays have tried everything to make it work and nothing has worked. So I I would be very concerned if I am the Toronto blue Jays, if I'm Pete Walker, John Schneider, Ross Atkins, the entire team about where I see Alec Manoa going this year, because I just don't know if he can turn it around because the sample size isn't small, right? It's been two months, even in spring training, it's been two, two and a half, three months of really not Alec Manoa-like pitching, and it's, it's got to be a huge concern for the entire team because that impacts the whole rotation, that impacts the bullpen, and it's just it just spells doom and gloom in my eyes for the Toronto Blue Jays. Not to say I don't think they can still make a push for a wild card, but I don't know if Alec Manoa is going to be part of the solution to get to a wild card.
3: That being said, I do wonder too. I think a lot of this uh, panic that's around Blue Jay world and it's Toronto. It happens all the time. People get their <laughs> pants on fire over little things, and I think a lot of Sox. this panic. Yeah, I think a lot of this panic is coming from uh, basically the AL East games where the Jays, I think, are like two and eighteen or something, and it might be their advantage. I know Alec Manoa has had the Yankees twice. He's had the Red Sox. He's had the Tampa Bay in there and I know they don't see Tampa Bay or the Yankees until late September now and they've been able to feast on teams that are not in this AL East I think that once you get them outside of this AL East that this team is going to be a top six seven team and Alec Manoa might be able to feast off of some of those lesser teams in other divisions the problem is the five teams that are directly above them in the MLB standings happen to be all in their division
1: yeah, and, and you know what? If you, As we've mentioned before, the best division by far again, and it's proving it based on the standings of the AL East. So you can have success against the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Colorado Rockies and the NL Central like we saw against Pittsburgh and all those teams outside the AL East, but I don't know if you can win enough games from now to mid-September when you start to play the AL East again to pick up the ground. So I think from one side, the Rays played the A's a lot already. So the Jays haven't played the A's. So the Jays have to take advantage of playing those weaker teams. But I just don't know if they'll be able to pick up enough ground because, as you say, so many good teams in the American League this year. Texas wasn't very good last year. They're better. The Angels look to be better. You mentioned the Orioles, and the Rays are better. I mean, it's – and the Red Sox might be better than even I expected. So, it's an uphill climb for Alec Rino and the Blue Jays, no doubt. The good thing is there's still two-thirds of the season to go.
0: Well, absolutely. And you look as well this year, uh, I think a lot of uh, – this gets overlooked almost. Um, the change in the schedule, right? So, the Blue Jays do yes. get – that extra amount of time outside of the AL East. And if there's a time for the Blue Jays to get those games, it's this year, right? We've seen how how much better, how much more improved the AL East is this year. They're going to get more games outside of the AL East to win. Uh, but when you look at it, Tony, I, I side with you. I don't know if there's enough there to overcome the poor start that the Blue Jays have had, right? Uh, you look, yeah. they say you can't make the playoffs in May, in April, whatever, but you can certainly miss them, right? This is where the Blue Jays have found themselves in a spot where they might miss the playoffs, not because they had a bad season per se, but a bad month. And okay. Put them okay, behind the ball.
3: okay. 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 Like the AL East is out of reach. They're, they're what 10 and a half, 11 games back. the AL East. that's already gone, but they are two games out of a playoff spot I think right now. And we're talking, like you said, two thirds of the season where you're going to be playing some, a little more inferior teams, teams that you should beat two out of three handily. They, they went into Minnesota and took two out of three out of a division leading team. They ended up playing two division leading teams on that road trip and going three and three. You clearly can't expect more out of this team. It's like to say that right. to say that this this team's not a playoff team or this team is going to be facing an uphill battle to make the playoff. I think this play. There's still the Jays are a playoff team and they need they need to play themselves out of it and we're just not there yet i mean they were 500 in 2015 after the all-star break i know different year but there's still so much time to go and they could still have the ability to get to that 92 93 94 win mark where you probably need to be to host a playoff game let alone make a playoff game
1: i would feel a lot better about those chances that chance if alec manoa was alec manoa of 2022 and not alec manoa of 2023 i have concerns also about the bullpen And the other thing too, guys, is, okay, so everybody says, well, come trade deadline, the Blue Jays are going to make a trade to get better at the bullpen and maybe come up with a hitter. Okay, no problem. Don't really have a lot of resources in the minor leagues to use. And B, because there are so many teams in the hunt, the asking price is going to be higher because you're going to be competing with more teams to add to your team at the trade deadline. So I think all those things complicate matters. I hear what you're saying, Tyler, you're right. Blue Jays are not out of it. But as someone that watches them from afar, I see a flawed lineup. I see a team that never really replaced Teoscar Hernandez or Lourdes Correale's bats in the lineup. No offense to Varsho Belt, Alejandro Kirk. We're not seeing the same performance as we did a year ago. And I just don't think the bullpen is all that much better than last year, slightly better. And again, Alec Manoa, your ace. You need an ace to perform every fifth day, and I don't know if he can give it to you. You're right, lots of time left, but there are a lot of teams to overcome, and that's part of the problem. And then you're going to spend the last two weeks of the season in September playing against the Yankees, the Rays, the Orioles, and the Red Sox. And yes, they should have an easier route until that time, but you know those teams are going to be going full board to make a playoff spot too. So it's it's just going to be very difficult. I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope they make the playoffs. It's always better when the Jays are in a playoff spot or in a playoff kind of run. But I just don't know if the way this team is comprised now and the way they are playing, if they can get to a playoff position. Well, and you look at like Tyler, I'm gonna go back. Be- I'm gonna go to you.
0: I'm like, do you think the Blue Jays are a better baseball team than they were last year? Like that's a, a serious question because I don't know if what I've seen at least through a third of the season is a better Blue Jays team than what they were last year.
3: I think they're a different team in a lot of ways. I think they're a team that's built to win 5-4, 5-3, 5-2 and they haven't done that. They've only been able to score 3 or 4 runs, which is kind of what this team is supposed to do. They're supposed to be able to play good defense, pitch well and only and and not slug the ball they were like they have in the past. And they the problem is they just haven't been you know, playing that clean baseball, that clean brand of defense and and bullpen work that gets you those games. Do I think um, that they're a playoff team? Yeah, I, I mean, I do undoubtedly. I just think they need, for one, to get some better uh, outings from the bullpen. And like, let's look at the start. I, I understand that Alec Manoa is not pitching the way you have, the way you want him to. Chris Bassett had a, a 28 inning scoreless streak. Jose Barrios looks like the guy that you gave $180 million to somebody who's just going to go out there and compete for you for six innings every single game and say Kikuchi has shortened up his back arm swing and looks like he can throw some more strikes and at least give you a competitive fifth starter role so yes maybe Alec Manoa isn't pitching as well as you could but you're getting a lot of help from other places that should be able to boost you and just keep you in ball games and the problem is. When the starting lineup doesn't keep you in those ball games, you don't have the power anymore to run yourself back into ball games.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I get it. It's just it, it looks to me like the Blue Jays didn't improve nearly as much as I thought maybe people were expecting them to with the moves that they made. Um, and, and we could totally once again we we keep circling back to that. You could totally just go back to how the league is just better, the division. Is better, right? And it, it could be as simple as that. You could stay in the same skill level, stay in that same area you were last year, and you could get worse because everybody else around you got better. And I think that's kind of more of what we're seeing so far this year. And like I said, a third of the way, whatever we are through the season right now, um, you're starting to get to that point where it's no longer a small sample size, right? This is no longer, oh, it's been a bad month or two to start the season. Uh, you're starting to get to that point now where you're starting to see who the Blue Jays are, but
3: they
1: were. I'm not even about Guerrero either. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah,
0: I mean, I
3: have been preaching Vladdy, of this for a long time on this show, and I was waiting for the radio show to bring this up to Noah, but I'll do it now because you brought me there. That I, you know, I said for a long time that that shortened year playing in minor league ballparks gave the appearance of lift and power from Vladdy that he just doesn't have. He's got a very flat. Quick swing through the zone. He's going to hit balls at 114. He's probably going to hit you some good average. But he just isn't that lift guy that's going to hit you 45, 50, 60 home runs in the season. I think he's going to be a 35 home run kind of guy that's going to hit you 320, 315, something like that. I just think that's who Vladdy is. And we were a bit um, happily surprised. We were a bit thrown off. Our expectations were set too high
1: during that shortened year playing in minor league ballparks. Agreed. Agreed. He has been, a, you know, we talked about Manoa, he's been, a, and I, you, you hate to use the word disappointment, but I, I think that's what I will say about Vladimir Guerrero so far. He has as many home runs at Rogers Center as you, Noah, and myself combined, but he said more at bats, right? And and I'm not trying to be a, a smart-ass when I say it, just it's a simple fact. And I don't know, I cannot remember one big-time clutch extra base hit from Vladdy this year that helped his team win a game. I know there was a base hit, but an extra base hit, I cannot remember. And for a guy that's your cleanup guy, you need more from him. Maybe there's an injury, right? Maybe there's a knee and or wrist injury there that's messing him up. So we give him the benefit of the doubt. But I just have not seen that same confident body that you talked about, Tyler, from the minor league days, from the minor league park day in the COVID year.
3: But we have seen for sure, and I'll ask you this, has Bo Bichette taken over Vladimir Guerrero Jr. as the the top player on this team by far?
1: (laughs) Yes, by far. I cannot believe some of the balls he gets to at, at the plate. Like they're in on his hands and he somehow punches it down to right field. He is a complete player. Yes, his defense fairly gets criticized, but he in my eyes is their best hitter, their best player and should be batting cleanup.
3: So I'll ask you, I'll ask both of you here, because I think this is an interesting question. If Bo Bichette is a third baseman that doesn't make those wild plays at shortstop every now and then, is he considered one of the best players in the major leagues? I feel like he just isn't considered that right now. And I think it's a lot because of some holes at the shortstop spot that he doesn't, you know, I mean, you've seen it, everyone's seen it. He's not super clean at shortstop. I wonder if he played a more, and if let's say he was a center fielder that got to those baseballs, is he one of the best players in the major leagues? Yes,
1: I think so. In fact, but, and I can also make the argument, I think people think he is now. I know defensively there's some questions, as you say, but uh, I would answer your question, yes, without doubt. If he played any other position but shortstop, he would be probably considered one of the best players in baseball, even though, in my opinion, he already is.
0: Yeah, and I think, once again, we look kind of at like – he. Bo Bichette right now, I mean, he leads the major leagues in hits and average, right? He he is the top hitter in major league baseball right now. Uh, but he's also kind of one of those guys that uh, roll back the tapes on this show to a year ago, two years ago. We had the same question marks about is Bo mm-hmm. just having a good year, right? I think to be one of the top guys in the big leagues, defense aside... You've got to do it again, right? So if he comes back and this is the Bo Bichette, maybe not up to this level every single year, but if we're starting to see him have these more confidence, the the, the better at bats uh, year after year, he all he he slowly has become the best player on this Toronto Blue Jays club. I think, at, at least in my opinion,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent agree. I mean, if if it wasn't for Bo Bichette, this would be an under five hundred team right now. Really. Yeah.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to argue with that. Uh, one last thing I wanted to talk about before we get going here is something that's been bugging me for a little while, and that's the coaching staff. And I Ooh. don't, by any means, think that John Schneider should be fired. I don't think that at all. I think he's been there for less than a year. You got him in some kind of runway. Yes, Mr. Ambrosio. No,
1: I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for the but. Go oh. ahead. <laughs> but...
3: but. It concerns me consistently when there's balls missing by four four inches that Pete Walker and John Schneider are standing on the edge of the dugout screaming at umpires. They look like they are consistently on edge. They're yelling at opposing teams. They're yelling at umpires. There doesn't seem to be any calm in that dugout. I don't know if it's just recently or if it's just who they are. Because if it's who they are, I think it needs to change.
1: Yeah. And you know, the other thing too, I would say Tyler is uh, the base running blunders that we see consistently from this team. Um, it's just, it's unacceptable. You know, this is not the minor leagues. This is the major leagues. The, what was the Josh Donaldson quote to get it done league and they get it done. All right. They get themselves done out of big innings the way they run the bases. So yeah, I, I think your concerns are valid. I mean, Snyder wanting to talk to Manoa had to pull him from the game because it was the second mound visit of the inning. Those are things that should not happen in the major leagues. It's embarrassing. It's, you've got you've got Don Mattingly, Pete Walker, God knows so many other coaches on the bench, and John Snyder doesn't know he can't. He has to pull up Manoa as soon as he crosses the line. Like, come on. I am with you 100%. I know there's a lot of anger and concern about, about John Schneider. He's a competitive guy. He's kind of got that, that A-type personality which I think for a player is cool, but I wonder for a manager if it gets him in more, more trouble then it's really worse sometimes. And I, I do have some concerns. Again, I'm going to cut him some slack, like you say, still early in his tenure, and they still have a record above 500 as we speak. But, yeah, it, it, it is concerning. Just It kind of reminds me of Nick Nurse. When he was the Raptors coach, always complaining to the officials, like, Nick, give it a break. Calm down. You look foolish, and I sometimes feel that way about the way John Schneider acts in the dugout.
0: Well, and I saw some—I saw some people online actually having this very conversation on Twitter. Um, and I thought for maybe a second that we were just kind of comparing ourselves to what we had prior. Right? Charlie was not a vocal guy; he was not that guy to be arguing balls and strikes. Um, so to go from one to the other, maybe it was just an extreme change that we were seeing. But no, if you look around the league it really is a vocal bench for the Toronto Blue Jays. And it I, I don't know if it's at the point yet where it's a problem, but it can get there and it can get there real quick. You know
3: who was very vocal and who did do it the right way was the manager right before. John Gibbons was fantastic at that. he He always stood up for his team, but he didn't do it too far where you thought that when he was yelling, something went wrong. Something happened that he didn't like, and he was getting tossed. It just doesn't seem like John... Sorry, I cut you off there, Tony. But it doesn't seem like like John Schneider does that. It seems like he complains just for the sake of complaining. And it's going to get old to umpires and, and to the major leagues. I mean, we saw it happen to Aaron Boone. Yep. He got fined this week for being ejected three times and, and having the earliest ejection ever in major league history at
1: 11.52 a.m. It's going to get old. <laughs> And you know what? I, I will say this, too. I think a lot of teams, Yankees, Orioles, maybe even the Red Sox, feel the Jays haven't done anything to act like they're the big guys in the East. And I think that attitude rubs off and bothers the opposition more than if it was the Seattle Mariners manager, Scott Service, who's low key. You know what I mean? Like, I think the Yankees and the Orioles in particular look at the Blue Jays and say, who the heck are you guys? to be acting like you own the division, you own the league, you've won jack squat. Sit down and just pipe down. Simmer down, bud, as my friend always tells me when I lose it. Simmer down, bud.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, Tony, we are uh, just right up against the wall here in terms of time. Uh, Oh, my God. Uh, Yeah, this show always flies by. Um, One final question to leave us off here. The Toronto Blue Jays, just give me a number here. What's it going to take for the Blue Jays to be in the playoffs this year? Because I feel like the number is higher than it's ever been before. Is it 90 wins? Is it 92, 93? What's it going to take for the Blue Jays to yeah, be Yeah, so
1: it's funny. My, my first thought was 95, just because there's more teams. So I, I'm, I'm going to stick with 95. It's probably a bit high, but that's it's, it's going to take 90 plus, and I'll go 95.
0: Right up there with it. Uh, Tony Ambrosio joining us here on the Smitty and Mitty Show. Always a blast, Tony. Thank you for coming back. Uh, and this won't be the last time. I can almost guarantee it. Thank you, sir. I I love hearing from you guys. You guys do a great job.
2: Thanks. Anytime. Give me a ring. Even though I'd just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My Sun Life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt, and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt-free with enough set aside for emergencies. When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission. Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in Kincartan and Port Elgin.
4: The curling season is just about over, but it's a great time to get ready for next year with the Gold Line End of Season Sale. Jackets, vests, shoes, and brooms. Check out all the deals at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions.
3: This is the Smitty and mini Show. Welcome back, Smitty Mini Show across the TSMS radio network. We were just talking off camera. Connor Middleton, Noah Smith joining you. And thank you to Tony Ambrosio on the other side for joining us and talking like real sports things. But we were just talking in the break there, and I, I want to play this game with you. So, I went out and I was just singing some Morgan Wallen, so I was like, you know what? I, I want to go see what tickets are worth. I know he's coming to Toronto, and it was absolutely absurd to me. What? Let's play the the
0: the higher or lower game here. Higher or lower? Is this like uh like a game show? Midday game show? Get give me the over under of what you
3: think the cheapest tickets
0: were. The cheapest tickets, Morgan Wallen in Toronto. Um... Do you know the answer? Where Where is the concert? Because that kind of changes things.
3: Budweiser stage.
0: Budweiser stage. Okay. Cheapest? cheapest.
3: 480 $660. You're so looking cheapest. at your cheapest ticket. So
0: we're talking like back You're of the talking lawn. lawn. That's lawn. Back of the lawn seat? You don't even have a seat.
3: Like there's no chair to be found. You have grass. Here is a piece of grass you can sit on.
0: $600. Okay. Most expensive. So we're, we're talking, talking the four pit. seats. yeah, Four seats right up front. Got to be like four or five grand. Oh, let's go up from that. You can double that and still <laughs> Double it. Are you still add some. Ten grand.
3: $13,000 for floor tickets. Jeepers. Holy. When did concerts become too expensive for a normal person to go watch them?
0: Well, listen, I'm not going to try to pretend that like it's been recent that I could afford like four seats to a concert, a big name concert, right? I mean, never. But I'm sure like, I'm sure there was a time when you could get concert tickets for someone at least somewhat big name for like 100 bucks. Right? Like, okay, so I'll come back with you a question. What would you have paid to go see Morgan Wallen in concert in Toronto? like what's it on the lawn? like if you picked up the, your phone and you looked up tickets and the ticket said $150 for lawn tickets would oh, you yeah. pay that yes
3: i i think the trick question here is i have a wife so i got to double it if i'm going to go <laughs> right like i, I got to get two tickets if you're talking like what would i pay for, for myself if it was just me going i probably paid 300 bucks for a ticket i think that would be like, I mean, I want a seat. I'm not sitting on grass, but give me a seat for $300. I could do that. Now, if my wife's going, like we went to Michael Bublé. as was like one of our first real dates and, and those were, I think, 45 bucks a piece or sorry, that's not even close. 95 bucks a piece. Uh-huh. And we were like back to the wall and we ended up on the floor because it went over, brought us down and it was kind of cool. But I mean, like, that's a reasonable thing. Like I, w- I, I, I just was looking at other concerts and put like, the cheaper reasonable one I could find was Post Malone. You were looking at like 60 bucks to sit on the grass.
0: Hmm. Okay. So, that's so, so I, I put the Google to work here. Okay. You can get in to see Morgan Wallen in, in Ottawa for $363. Is that still too steep?
3: Again, if I was going by myself, but you're also like, what are you looking on? Ticketmaster? Because you got to add fees
0: to that, right? So your yeah, your three hundred and sixty
3: is going to end up being four
0: hundred and fifty pretty quick. I don't even know what website this is. It's probably all scam U.S. dollar funds, eighty dollars in fees per ticket. Yeah, get to e transfer them the money, and they'll send you a ticket. And then... <laughs> send me one hundred and ninety dollars in Visa gift cards. Yeah, there's I'm a
3: Nigerian prince, and I will so transfer, that really need your help.
0: And I will transfer your tickets to you via email the day of. Two
3: days, yeah, two yeah day of the concert. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but,
3: I just thought it was crazy. I thought that was crazy because I I wanted to go see a nice concert maybe this year, and I mean we're gonna we're going through like a a a poopy little time here. I thought it'd be nice for us to get away and go
0: see a concert maybe, but not when I got to put yeah, debt you thought and wrong mortgage down. You thought yeah. wrong. You get okay. to go, you you get to go sit across the river from Rock the Park for free. See, That's what you get to do when's Rock the Park August? Usually, yeah, July I think. I would do a night at Rock the Park. That's what you got to do. I have before. There's some uh, big names coming to Rock the Park in London this summer. This year, I haven't seen a list yet. Well, let me right. pull it up for you. Are we? There's no sports coming on this segment, is there?
3: I don't think so. I think I did go to Rock the Park one year. Wiz Khalifa, DJ Mustard, and uh, Fetty Wap were playing. It was okay. It was good. It's a it poor rain.
0: Yeah, that's typical for Rock the Park. To be completely honest with you, pouring rain. Uh doo, 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 doo. so like Thursday night, some Mumford and Sons, Vance Joy. Yeah. Uh yeah. a little bit laid back. Um, I wouldn't go to anything on the Thursday. Ludacris, Ja Rule. Those are all on Friday night. Billy Talent obviously Saturday so, night. They're still getting ready to to release some, I would assume. Oh, for sure. Billy Talent is like the headliner on on Saturday night, which is like Stuff I listened to growing up, so it would be cool. Uh, Rock the Park took out the country, so took okay, out the country, yeah. I'm pretty sure they haven't had country in a little while, which is a bummer. Huge bummer. Didn't
3: they have, didn't they have like uh, um, uh, uh, who oh shoot, who's the Canadian
0: guy? was party? I'm Drawing a blank here, drawing a blank here. Dallas, Dallas, no, Dallas Braden, no, Dallas okay. Braden, Dallas Braden of the Oakland Athletics. Wow. Maybe Dr. singer now. <laughs> Either way. Do you do want to really talk do you want to of school now? Yeah, he does. He's got his own podcast. It's
3: actually pretty good. Do you want to talk baseball? <laughs> we do. Okay. We've got like all of like two and a half, three minutes. So, okay, let's, let's, we let's wrap up some of the blue Jays because uh, for one, I feel validated and then we'll get to the heavier stuff in two seconds. but I feel validated after what was a pretty good two series against two division leading teams in the twin cities and the Brewers. That the Jays are able to take four out of six, and I think that's that's that just shows that the team is very good. They are a really good baseball team. It's just the AL East is that much better. Uh, They might be a top ten team in all of baseball, but the problem is, you know, uh, the Yankees, the Rays, and the Orioles are probably along in that top ten,
0: which makes it hard. But that's the problem, though. This year is that, and we talked about that with Tony. You could like the Blue Jays could very well be the fifth or sixth best team in the American League this year and finish fourth or fifth in the American League East. Like, that's a super real possibility this year. And unfortunately... The good news
3: is probably, I think almost almost undoubtedly, I think four AL East teams are probably going to make the playoffs, yeah, which, which
0: would be crazy. Yeah, that's the that's the good news is, is that uh, four teams in the American League East might make the playoffs. The bad news is there's probably going to be a fifth team that has another good year and doesn't make it. That's that it's I mean I think the really Red Sox just, are gonna come
3: back to Red Sox are gonna come back to to normal here in a little bit. Their their offense isn't as good as it shows. And they I think they are below the Blue Jays right now. They probably will end down there. I think it's just the Orioles are surprising. The Yankees are playing where well Aaron Boone gets tossed again. Even after we talked to Tony, he gets tossed that night. Like, congratulations, Aaron Boone. You're going for a record.
0: Yeah. Um, the Jays, so the Blue Jays will have their chances too, right? I mean, we talked about with Tony there. You get Blue Jays haven't played the A's yet. Like, they are unbelievably historically terrible. They'll get their chances for wins against some other teams. And then the key is to just make sure that by the time you're rolling back around to a heavy slate of AL East games, that you're in the hunt, that you're right in the mix. And then it's all in your hands.
3: We could definitely talk about how the A's, like, why would Vegas ever even want the A's? (laughs) Really? But instead, we have to talk about, and I think very quickly here, got to talk about anthony bass because he did one of the dumbest things i think i've seen in a while and that is on your off day he's on his self sharing a tweet about how christians need to stand up um, against the indoctrination of kids to the lgbtq plus or whatever sorry if i miss any letters there community and then he gets booed like I think I thought it was pretty obvious. He gives this this whole like, I'm sorry, I need to learn blah, 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 yeah, reading off the script, first basically. Yeah, exactly. Not the first time that Anthony Bass has done something like this. It's two things. One, even if you believe it, why? Like, why? Why share that? You're just going to put yourself in the organization in a really weird spot. I'm sure he's not the only one in the dressing room that believes that. And I mean, that's fine, I guess. Like, I mean, I don't agree with what you're thinking but at the same time you're a person you can think whatever you think it's just why put the organization in that situation where now they have to come out and address that and they have to make a decision like realistically anthony bass they made on for da, 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 whatever that would be wednesday night they actively i think we're trying to not go to him because they knew what the reaction was going to be and he got booed by almost the whole stadium Almost the whole stadium booed him when he came into the game. And I think it was obvious that they were trying to avoid that. And now the Jays legitimately have to make some kind of decision on what they're going to do with this guy who's 35 years old or whatever he is. And has got a five and a half ERA out of the bullpen has been terrible. What do you think they're going to
0: do? Well, I would not be
3: surprised if he gets designated for assignment at some point.
0: He hasn't been good. And this is just like one of those things that makes you, why, why keep him around? Why keep him in your bullpen when he hasn't been good. And now he's causing publicity problems. It's not good for Anthony Bass. Blue Jays probably like, realistically, they need to get rid of him. That's the option. That's the and option. It, just ser- it
3: seriously just is not. Like I don't know. I, I don't even see how it's an appropriate thing to even think. They're they're people. Like I don't know. Like I, like why why have that stand? Why? Well, why that's, is
0: that? That's the thing, man. We all just sit here and every one of us goes, "Why? Like why would you do that?" But lapse of judgment obviously that's that's the way he he believes and uh, he made a decision that probably going to cost him the season i
3: would think right i, mean, I would be shocked he was he's free to make it. whatever decision he wants he's free to make whatever decision he wants but the jays are also free to make whatever decision they want based on yep, his decision. you can
0: you can speak your mind but the consequences will come and the consequences they do always come always, always, always Smitty a mini show. We're going to wrap up things here for segment three, quick wrap up on the other side of the break to say goodbye for this week here
2: on the TSMs radio network. Even though I just gotten a new job that paid well, I still wanted to be prepared for the unexpected. My son life advisor encouraged me to do three things, get health coverage, start paying back debt and build a safety net. When I got my cancer diagnosis, my advisor had already helped me become debt free with enough set aside for emergencies When I took time off, I didn't worry about my finances so I could focus on getting better. Today, I'm in remission.
3: Call Middleton Finner Financial Services with offices in Kincartan and Port Elgin.
2: The curling
4: season is just about over, but it's a great time to get ready for next year with the Goldline end-of-season sale. Jackets, vests, shoes, and brooms. Check out all the deals at goldlinecurling.com. Goldline, the choice of champions. Now back to the Smitty and Midi Show.
0: All right, welcome back to the Smitty and Midi Show here on the TSMS Radio Network and the Smitty and Midi Show podcast. We are going to wrap things up for another week here on the show. Thank you for tuning in wherever you've been listening on the Radio Network, 560 CFOS and Owen Sound, stmarysradio.com in St. Mary's, and blasttheradio.com in Ottawa. We thank you for tuning in. Or if you're listening on the podcast like you do every single week, you. We thank you so much for being a listener. Thanks, Tony Ambrosio, our guest on the show this week, joining us once again. He's been on the show numerous times and always a blast to have him back, as well as our sponsors, Goldline Curling, the choice of champions, and Dave Middleton at Sun Life Financial in King Cardin. Life is brighter under the sun more sports content comes your way next week you're not going to want to miss it as more blue jays talk is on the docket for the smitty and midi show on the tsms radio network and the smitty and midi show podcast